0: How about now? I don't. Okay. There you go. It's so you weird. Sound better. I have to like, like, okay, so like when I turn my headset off, like my actual um, Bluetooth connectivity on my phone, it makes me sound far away. But when I turn it on, even if I don't have my Bluetooth on, it makes me sound louder, but it makes it sound, you guys sound quieter. What gives, huh? So I made some dinner. I made a uh, uh, breaded chicken. Don't tell Goom. Made some breaded drumsticks. Um, and some nice potatoes and some salad, and then I used the extra eggs that didn't get cooked, and I cooked them in the in the pan after the chicken was done. It was very good.
1: Pictures have never happened.
0: I don't I don't believe in pictures of food on on social media unless it's art, and my food is not art.
1: What's <laughs> up, John Wick? Seventy one percent of uh, food you taste with your eyes.
0: That's you know? such a bullshit. Like number that people pull out of their ass, you do definitely taste with your eyes. But I can tell you from working in the restaurant industry that that is, there's you know honestly I'd say that you taste more with your smell than you do with your eyes. Your the eyes help you set the expectation, but the smell is really what like interacts with your your taste.
1: The background that I've had, one of my first careers and my vocational text, and had a scholarship for was in food and hospitality where i became the sous chef for hilton hotel for the midwest and canada
0: there you go yeah i've sat through all those classes too and i think that most of those numbers are just made up i think i think that there's no way to like definitively calculate how much you quote, taste with your with your eyes that's the only reason that i think that the number is like bullshit whenever people pull it out not you but especially like the industry in general because it's just, it's a number. It's like, you know, 10 out of 9 statistics are made up.
2: Have you ever seen something that looks disgusting, but then when you eat it, it's just so
0: delicious? Mexican food.
2: Like, there's like a Cuban rice that ju- is just like super dark. It's super dark, gray, black, almost black color looking. It looks something that you wouldn't eat,
0: mm-hmm. but it's delicious. blows your mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think like, you know, caviar and stuff like that. You know, people go nuts over that. But I think that's also like a, that's an umami type thing. I think that's, you know, you could, you could probably switch out a bottle of Worcestershire sauce and those people would be like, oh, this is delicious. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing.
2: Caviar I have yet to have. I guess my version of, what would be my version of caviar?
0: What are you drinking right now? What are you making over there, Mr. Bartender? Who, me? Oh, yeah, I got so the, much uh, ice.
2: Uh, no, that's actually a plastic. Uh, that's actually a bag. I'm eating crazy bread and uh, Little oh, Caesars.
0: That sounds dope. Man, it, It's the other night somebody was making drinks and I could hear like clink, 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 clink. And I was like, oh my gosh, somebody's going ham over there. I'm so <laughs> like, I'm like European. Like I drink all my shit without ice unless I have to. I feel that's weird. Ice can be weird.
1: (laughs) Going to go over our app over what is DNS services. Uh, As a serve, trying to talk a little bit more technicalities. Going to try getting Kabir in here, who can possibly make it, or maybe he'll get the last portion of it. And then dr wetzel will be able to unpack a little bit more uh, information for the first 30 minutes if he makes it in here i think he's lost in the sauce right now trying to figure out how to maneuver through twitter the the one thing that i know is like a lot that get into crypto they're all self-taught and there's no actual like general standard like a documentation to teach us uh how to enter or how to you know entry point for crypto it's either you just head first whatever deep or you're coming from a slow pace, like, okay, transitive web two perspective, and then you overthink things. And there's a lot more that's going on than what you're actually producing.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because I'm still, I mean, I've heard you, we've had discussions about oh, you know, that you can, you know, you know, you can use your ENS for a website, learning about how Cloudflare is actually a free service, you know, all sorts of different things. Um, that I had no knowledge of her but it's and I ha- still have no clue so I'm really excited about this discussion
1: yeah yeah dns services um basically is a it of main name systems and idea like same with ens ens is an alternative for a dns in generalizing when a computer you hear about ips a lot each uh, device your phone whether it's apple or android or you have a domain sys- name system is you don't have to type in when you're doing web browsers to communicate from a server or to another computer in a network um uh, like uh, a general hosting service of your ip address be like one six eight point blah one two two blah, blah etc so our one nine two, 192, sorry, one nine two point one six eight point one one is usually the general for host your main, uh, device host. I'm trying to remember that, like me, which that's the type of stuff my entry point. <clears> oh, <throat> is you can actually cover that with a general name that's easy to remember. And those hosting services is called DNS.
0: DNS dns i'm joking (laughs) she didn't say that but i always like to make that joke i'm actually joking that's the first time i've ever made that joke
1: it's perfect perfect timing For the recording purposes i like to go ahead and go introductions if you don't mind from squeeze the dentist i guess
2: i'll start first uh i'm squeeze hello i'm a crypto accountant i like i like the people i interact with
1: welcome (laughs) squeeze wow
0: I don't know how I'm going to stand up to that. I'm Dennis. Um, I'm the co-founder of the mindful D Um, I've been doing advisory and consulting in the web three space, doing marketing, community management stuff for like mm, the last 10 months or so. Um, I'm coming from a traditional web two background. I've been doing my own digital marketing thing really since 2016, but I started making websites back in like 2003, um, for fun when I was just like 13. So this is always stuff that vibes with me on, um, people controlling their brand and that's why like the domain name system is actually really um, I don't know it's really it's really an important thing that I feel like a lot of people don't put enough emphasis on um, especially for like small businesses and stuff and moving into web 3 it's really interesting to see how the ENS network is essentially the same thing as DNS and there's a lot of people that I feel like get too excited about ENS like it's the first thing ever to exist in technology when it's really not so I'm just, you know, excited to be here and having this conversation.
1: Awesome. And Kabir, welcome. I'm so glad that you could make it. We had a a quick little left field conversation in your space that I took over.
3: (laughs) Hi. Hi, Baroness. How are you? Hi, everyone. How are you guys? I see Tim and a few others that I hardly see. Squeezy, how are you? Dennis, how are you?
4: I'm doing great.
2: Thank you for asking
3: Thank you. So um, if I would continue with the introduction, I am Kabir. My first name is Mohammed. I go by Kabir and uh, I'm a technology company owner. I have a 20-year-old enterprise e-commerce platform. And uh, I recently, eight months ago, I jumped into the NFT bandwagon and created NFT space to allow um, more NFT projects to be exposed to Web2. It's a discovery analytics and uh, and community building with gamified uh, in-app tokens and many other fun things. And uh, Bernice, I know Bernice from uh, other, uh, not not from NFT, but crypto spaces. And uh, I've been following her since then. So I'm right here. Thank you.
1: Elusive Betzer. Hey, how are you guys
5: doing? Um, I'm eating some teriyaki chicken take out right now this fucking bus let me tell you but um yeah so i'm a developer i've been in the web 3 space for uh kind of like a weird it's a weird timeline so i started like all the way back since the beginning like i remember when bitcoin like first came out and like having bitcoins back when they were around like the one to five dollar range or whatever and like like i mean honestly they're probably still locked on a wallet somewhere it's really fucking sad um but uh yeah you know so i've been in the scene a long time but i haven't really like started uh like really focusing on it until about 2020 or 2021 i kind of just started looking at it and was like you know like whoa like I, i really need to like start taking this seriously you know looking at it um and since then, it's just been like upward growth ever since, you know. With ENS coming out, and you know um, everything Ethereum's done is just like mind-boggling. Um, you know, you, you still can't forget everything, you know, Bitcoin and all that. Like, it, it, I don't know, it's just all crazy. But uh, yeah, I'm Fesser. How are y'all doing?
0: So big gang. That's what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, you both are going to be eating in the space the whole time. <laughs>
2: Already Uh, am, way ahead of
1: you. We're talking about domain uh, name systems, also called uh, DNS. Usually a computer will end up having an IP associated. If you want to communicate with another computer, you have to know its actual address and instead of having the fun little things.com and yada yada that we know of that's easy to remember that's custom we end up back in the day used to communicate remember source codes basically the ip address itself and what network it was relating to what server and it became a clusterfuck so sorry my language but as you can tell everybody else's got their guards down so why not all right and tim again i'm so sorry for the swear words (laughs) tim would you like to introduce yourself small end of how things work but i want the ease and utility and you can actually digest what we're talking about today and dish it back to the general population and advocate codes that go into the domain server you know you have to contact register register to pick and choose your your favorite little name or cutesy and then you, you have a yearly renewal subscription to maintain that domain name And with that domain, it gives you the flexibility to customize subdomains or create uh, security keys to interact with APIs and yada, yada. I wanted to talk about what we have currently with crypto and blockchain technology and what we're fighting with with regulations. So at a point in time with Web2 and DNS name servers or name systems and authoritative servers that we had what was created was the ANSI, American National Standards Institute, which is comprised of 13K um, members. And what does that mean? They also are, Uh, in control of computer standards with OSI, which is Open Systems Interconnection. Now, the the barrier point to be able to utilize our ENS or blockchain or wallets is that we always have to connect in some form or way to an ISP, which is the Open System Interconnection OSI. We have to fit into that cookie cutter of what the national standards are to move on from there.
0: Well, I can pull stuff out of you too, along because I know that you know this stuff as well. Um, so I could pull stuff out of you if, just in case one boy doesn't pull up.
1: Feel free.
0: Feel free. So, so okay. <laughs>
5: right,
1: go
0: ahead, Dennis. I was going to say off the rip, um, isn't there also, like, there's, there's a couple other different um, consortiums that kind of help regulate the domain name. Uh, service as well right like I think isn't it the IETF that actually like created that or was it not or was it the ANSI
1: it was the ANSI that actually created that and then some with the depending on top domain services is ICANN so so the ICANN actually creates is the registrars that are regulated by the ANSI
0: and at the end of the day isn't like the the actual nature of the, the DNS itself is essentially a distributed ledger, right? But it's ran through. It's just for domains, and it's and it's ran through and regulated by this this consortium of people, the ANSI. Um, how different is it architecturally speaking to, from ENS? At the end of the day, when they're both accomplishing the same thing, what from your point of view, uh, differences are there?
1: Pretty much the same. The only difference is because it is associated to blockchain technology. That blockchain technology is not regulated in a form of um, like fiber optics and the storage is regulated. Blockchain is not, and it it has that stat. Uh, Came talk. <laughs> uh I'll just say standard, statute, stat, whatever,
2: statutory. statutory.
1: Yes, statutory or regulatory confinement. So ENS services have to still interact, unfortunately, with the DNSSEC to be um, not compatible, compliant to those regulatory actions.
0: Okay. And that's where we're talking about like federal regulation at that point in time, right?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. And, and just to clear it up, too, so the, the, the same thing's happening here where you get your website, which is whatever it is, .com, and it's a series of – it's a set of files that lives as a directory on a server somewhere. That server has an IP address, and that's what your computer's actually looking for when it goes to – Find that information because it's the way that's how computers talk. But the DNS is what allows us to have that domain that's branded that works as a um, I sound like I, the way I like to say it is like if you're telling your friend, it's like shorthand. If you're saying, like, Hey, we're going to Bob's place and everybody's friends with Bob, then they know where that's at. But like somebody that doesn't know Bob might have to ask for the specific address before they start heading that way. ENS is doing the same thing, but instead of it being an IP address, it's your Ethereum wallet
5: it's like a beautification it's like uh, just a overlaying it's not it doesn't really do anything special except like make it look pretty
0: right. and make it easier to, to use as well i think that's one of the big things is just like an seo when i'm helping somebody pick a website name you know it's a lot easier to have something that you can say that people aren't going to mistype or can easily remember in their head when they go to try and use it
1: the, the whole thing is like we're talking about crypto, we're talking about blockchain technology and crypto, but DNS was before supposed crypto and cryptography was something that was actually already is a coding implemented already in DNS back in the 70s, believe it or not. So doesn't,
0: it, doesn't the DNS use private and public key cryptography?
1: Special kind of information, but yeah, and security extensions would be the crypto, uh, cryptography signatures.
5: Uh, I want to actually know DNS doesn't use any encryption or cryptography, uh, HTTPS, which is a protocol that can link through. an I, So DNS is all it's going to do is uh, there's really no encryption or cryptography involved at all. Uh, all it's going to do is basically it's like it's like each line is like so you have an IP address associated with like a domain name. And that's like really all it is. And like all, like all you can think of is, now, where the cryptography and encryption comes into play is through HTTPS protocol, which uh, you know, like most websites run through HTTPS. You know, and when you visit like Google.com, it shows the green lock. Uh, that's just a protocol, and on the IP address that Google.com links to, they have uh, on their servers. They're able to handle, uh, you know, requests from that protocol, which are you know secure, encrypted requests. Uh, so that's how that works. So no, actually, DNS doesn't. It has no encryption involved with it. Um, I do have a quick question though. Um, so just to
0: clarify, you... real quick though, DNS security, DNS SEC, DNS SEC, uh, does use private and public key for an added layer because DNS, like you said, at the core isn't secure and you can get caches poisoned as they say which is where somebody can spoof a domain name that's kind of what i think what we saw a few months ago with what was it not anchor but there was there was a there was a um a crypto thing that i think it was curve yeah curve finance got their they got hacked they got their web page rerouted and um no they didn't get it rerouted they had it injected they had scripts injected and it came from somebody getting access to the name servers so kind of the same kind of different but um you can definitely the dns sec actually adds like a layer of encryption to ensure that the actual ip addresses are being signed by the domain owner but you have to it's not something that's on or automatically turned on you have to manually turn that on and add your own information
5: yes right, right. completely correct so and most like DNS providers will like perform some type of those checks, uh, you know, so that is performed in the background. But the, the way that's best understood, like in your mind to like how to compare it's kind of like downloading a file from a website through your browser. So if I'm down, so let's say like I'm on like Internet Explorer and I'm downloading the Chrome installer, Chrome.exe or whatever. So I can download that file all day, um, but I have no like real guarantee that that file is the uh, exact Chrome file and the only way to check that is to so like any uh, like any uh, software like publisher they will publish the the hash code like basically okay here's the file and like if you decrypt the file like if you go through this process you'll get this key for the file so there's basically a way to compare the file you downloaded to the file that like they say it should look like and that's kind of like the same way it's like okay so you can download something and never really know if it's the right file but if the hashes line up and if you go through that check process then yes you'll know that's the right file and that's kind of like the same way with dns security um that's what dns sec does it, it basically just like okay these websites have registered their ip addresses under like it's hashed um and like you it, it it's so hard to explain, like, it, but... Well,
1: Fetz, that's, that's, I, I I completely understand what you're saying, and you're calling protocols, and I know that you are awesome dev. I mean, your project that you currently have done, and you're coming from a Web 3 perspective versus, uh, like, Web 2, where we call them queries and responses, as you were saying, just to sum it up, of, you know, communicate with one another, it... it a, uh, queries itself based off its validations and making sure that it checks off the hash rate that it's just called the response so the detections of false information at that point in time whether a network is secure between a cpu and you know communication is secure between either the actual you know different networks
5: i did have one question real quick uh, i don't know if we want to touch on it so about ens uh, eth domains f domains So they're not typically like uh, accepted, like in your URL, you know, like you can't like there's not many like Ethereum blogs or Ethereum website that you can access over, you know, uh, dailygway.f in your browser. Um, it, It sends you to the ENS domain service page and then you can check on that page and see if any domains are linked to it. Any dot com domains and then go to, uh, what do you guys like think about that? And what do you think ENS as a service needs to do to, to you know become like a recognized DNS?
1: We were talking about what you call them protocols, and I think we should start thinking about it now as protocols and um, as a verifiable uh cryptography using the DNS service uh security at DNSSEC. With your domain provider registrar, you're going to have to enable uh, advanced settings. And in that case, we're, you would have to be able to connect your wallet addresses, whether it's a .eth or anything else, to connect to the DNS registrars.
0: Um, yeah, Kabir had his hand up a, a little while ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. go ahead, Kabir.
6: Uh, no i think dennis uh, answered the question the, i was just going to mention the dns sec part but we're cool
1: did you have any feedback on FED's uh, you know thought provocation on what all dns services or any other um you know blockchain extension would be able to be utilized for a dns
6: uh I don't see why not, but is, I, I have not, I'm I not not up to speed on ENS. That's why I'm here, because I thought we'd talk about ENS more. But the basic DNS, I understand completely. What I was going to say is that ENS uh, you know, is just using some records to store, you know, te- text, TXT records to store stuff. And then if you go to a site that understands the ENS address, it just looks up that specific record. So if your wallet, wallet is in there, if your ugly wallet address, ETH, ETH address is there in a TXT record, it can pull it up. And uh, so only those who understand .ETH, like I can, I can make NFT talk understand .ETH. If you type in you know, .ETH, I could just look up the records that I'm looking for to find your actual ETH address. And then I can go to f- the follow up you know, on that. So unfortunately, it's not widely used. One question I had is, do you guys know if uh, ICANN actually approved ENS yet? Because last I know that it it is still an unofficial, you know, top level domain. So that could be one of the reason that no 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 DNS servers is going to actually resolve any of this addresses.
1: Right. So that would be the ENSI. side. Which said the ANSI is basically the uh, they create the standards for everything, which also includes DNS services and the language that's written. You know the the source coding and like we were talked about cryptography and so forth. Most of them started off with ANSI um, C language and compilers for similarities. And blockchain is either IBC, Rust, or Solidity. So that's that's the problem because those aren't registered for standards. So when we talk about creating an ENS, they still, that in blockchain in general, or if you want to get, crypt, get crypto assets, you have to end up going into an exchange because it is very much a centralized thing to for your barrier of entry point. And that's what we're falling into the problem of some forms of regulation. So when we talk about technology, where it's mostly the uh, programming language for specifications. So the communication between protocols, the programming language and the electrical uh, specification. That's why it's still, if you want to create a domain name out of your ENS or uh, .lron or .soul uh, wallet address, you can, but you always have to interact with the uh, security keys off of your DNS records registrars.
0: Looking up something right now, I'm actually looking, there's a whole, in the the ENS documentation, there's a whole chapter about resolving names for DNS.
1: The ENS website was not very helpful because there is a mod, yeah, an emulator, but that's old school verbiage, it's a module um, to be able to, it was IFA, whatever, IFAP, That they're suggesting to utilize but to, for people that are a little bit more advanced in taking control over the dns i do suggest going ahead and changing your uh, dns registers by going in you can go to your advanced options you ens wallet address as you'll first change your security keys and if you have a posting service that does not allow it you can always port it over in cloud Flare you can use as a free service for SSLs, uh, you know, for those security keys. And you can even port it over for hosting names as well. There's two processes of changing two of your DNS labeling. I'm shooting off the hip right now because I'm trying to, I, I went through this process already when I was recreating a new domain name. You go into change your security keys. Then at that point in time, once you change the security keys and change your um, C name you can create a text filing. Now the ENS uh, website for domain.ens You're able to put in uh, text files or CNames, et cetera, in there. Those are your options. Those would be considered, like we were talking before with regular uh, Web2 DNS services. Those are basically your validating security keys, which is the cryptography on it. So as long as it can validate that they're communicating and they match, then those records will, in fact, make it so you can just start typing in. It will replace the actual website with your wallet.
0: So you're saying that I could write a C name that will redirect to the wallet or a text record,
1: a text record. So Okay. Whatever your okay, the first part of C name is, if you are hosting from alternative other than Cloudflare, you are going to have to change over the C name to um, a service that will help you create advanced DNS security. So then you can change your DNS security. In your advanced options you can produce a text file you create your text file you'll match it onto your ens record and that will give you the uh, ability to utilize your ens address as a domain name
0: okay i'm gonna have to experiment with that tonight or tomorrow because that's uh it's not that difficult to do
1: nope nope not at all and you
0: have you been successful in doing that
1: I was I was but then I got a warning after I changed everything um because I was using Cloudflare I got a warning that my
0: um certificate didn't incre- does it match
1: my security key I uh, had to rebuffer or like a new um certificate
0: mm-hmm.
1: log on to double check if that all worked out and I'm just going to probably ease ease of use import my actual DNS to a different um name registrar than what I'm using currently because I
0: switched my name servers over to, to my site ground which is what I host most of my websites off of but I think I'm going to move them back over to Cloudflare because there's one thing that's one thing I can't really do in here uh too much is is fiddle with domain zones and whatnot
1: yeah that's, that's what I'm probably going to end up doing just switch over to Cloudflare because fortunately, the ease of operability of like logging in on all these freaking screens and different devices I... <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. To have all in one module,
0: and we got that ADD too. So it's like every time we click to go somewhere else, it's like walking through a threshold. We're like, oh, we got. Where am I? What's going on? What was I doing? Yeah, I know. I know how that goes.
1: Yeah, you know, recapping what we're talking about previously was what it, uh, we're talking about DNS slash ENS services. Um, getting a little bit of a history of what DNS services is. Why ENS? Or other um, blockchain uh, wallet address extensions are verified as being an actual uh, domain name at this point in time, and it's because of the uh, the language and compilers that are being used in it of uh, the which you know, aka programming languages, the electrical specifications associated to it, and the communication protocols. So the three three things that you should have for takeaways on it, because those are thoughts that you should have in the future as more regulations come into
2: play and i see that dr robert wetzel is back as a listener um doctor if you want to select uh request to speak on the bottom left uh click that little microphone um i've been sending you invites but it's not letting uh i don't think my invites are going through but i know there's a hiccup at times with sending invites um so if you want to come and speak up speak in uh, just select the request button, and uh, we'll make sure to bring you up.
0: Uh, Kabir and Squeeze and Fats and Tim, did you guys have any questions in particular about ENS? I know Kabir said he had some some questions, and I'm interested to know if like we had, you had answered those or if there was anything else that he was wondering about.
2: So I'm wondering if all the people that have stockpiled these ENS domains have wasted a lot of money.
0: No, because this is a very similar thing and we see it in web too. Um, you know, going out and buying domains and selling them aftermarket is such a regular thing. Like if I had an extra few grand to just play around with, I'd probably be buying domain names. Um but it's I, I think that it's worthwhile. The ones that I'm interested in that I think are like that I'm I'm critical of more than ENS and and uh other layer one uh domains like dot soul and tez. Um the the emoji ones, those are purely vanity. And I see like there's a few artists and there's a few people that use, you know, like diamond hand dot eth or or dot whatever it is um for for their domains and that's essentially the same thing but you know when it comes down to like picking a domain just like we were talking about earlier it it matters if you know the point is to make it easier to be able to connect to a computer or an application right or if we're using ans like a wallet or something And if I have to try to dig through a bunch of emojis to try to find the one, and like, that's the thing is like, nobody knows the name of emojis either. So if you're, if you're legitimately going to be using that in non-text related ways, like unless you're directly linking to a website or social media or something where they're just clicking the link, there's, there's going to be a lot of difficulty in trying to communicate that to somebody saying like diamond emoji, banana peel, clown face diamond emoji is going to you know dot eth is going to be kind of hard for people to remember in the long term and even even if they do even if you're able to say it it's still like your your brain is processing it as a string of items that in and of themselves have complex names it's not the same as like de or d3layd.eth you know, or kit or something like that, where it's very easy to spell it out and people remember it as a single thing. So I think that those are the ones that I'm most critical of that I, I think are purely for vanity. But I think that, you know, regular ENS purchasing just to to squat on it and and sell aftermarket, probably a good idea. I think most of the people that are DG into it though probably don't understand the strategy behind it. So I think a lot of them are probably wasting money. But the, the behavior in itself isn't, I don't think, a, a big waste of money, um, at least not inherently. But then you also have to think about cyber squatting, too. Yeah. We've seen a lot of companies or a lot of people go out and like register Starbucks.eth or something like that before the companies do and legitimately think that they're going to hold those companies hostage. And that's illegal. Like, that, like there's plenty of precedent. And it's not so much that it's technological, it's more or less like around the patent and the trademarks that are registered by the companies. So it like, and that's the way that like the law treats it. So cyber squatting in general is kind of the same thing where it's not so much that the domain exists. It's that the domain itself is like something that should naturally belong to a trademarked brand. So it doesn't matter if it's .eth or .tezos or .sol, doesn't matter if like somebody would never use it. Um, The fact that you're buying it with the intention of potentially having it to sell, um, at a high value to the, the actual brand owner, that's illegal. So there's a lot of people actually buying those and those are huge wastes of money because if it ever came down to it and you tried to extort JC for more than a reasonable value, there's nothing wrong with you saying, Hey, I bought this. You got to at least pay me what I paid for it. Right? Like that's normal. And that's going to be probably not a problem, but whenever you're like, yeah, You got to give me a hundred thousand dollars or else you know, screw you, you're going to go to court. Uh,
1: Yeah, one thing with like uh current DNS, uh, you know, cyber squatting on domain names is that there is a regulations to it to where people are licensed as a brokerage account for distributing and obtaining these DNS records. So, in that case, we don't have that um authoritative regulation for ENS um, name services or SOL, uh, SOL, Sol name services, etc., cetera, for the blockchain technology. So right now, like we said before, we're, 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 we're inviting regulatory affairs, but yet we don't want them. You know, it's, it's a double-edged sword in this perspective.
2: Appreciate it. And with that, we would like to welcome Dr. Robert Wetzel to the stage or to the
4: space, I should say. Uh,
2: doctor, thank you for attending and coming.
4: Well, I appreciate you inviting me and apologize for the tardiness, but apparently um, Twitter on my phone did not want to work. So, um, you know, again, I was just, this is my first time here, so I was kind of listening. And um, so, so I, I'm, the, the views I'm going to put out are my personal views have nothing to do with my government job. So let's start with that. Uh, and everybody don't run off because I'm retiring from the government, so I'm not, I, you know, I've been a DGEN at heart before DGEN was a thing. If you look at my profile, I've been online since the beginning of the internet, and I've, I've seen things that I just don't like how we do it. But I've also been in the government for 30 years, and I understand why we do so many things that we do. And then there's other things that we do in the government. I have no clue why, because it makes no sense. So just like we were talking about the the you know, the domain names right. So trademarkment is going to be big. Doesn't matter what the .com. dot. whatever next is right. If, but that's only in the U.S. I can do this in and, and China or some other country, and I can hold that hostage. And then the, the international laws does not prevent me from doing it. Now, like, you know, our, our friends up north in Canada. We we have reciprocity, so we you know we can we can do stuff like that in, in England. So we have certain certain places that we have agreements with that there is reciprocity, then that's that's okay. Um, so that cyber squatting is not going to happen. But if some Russia cyber squats Starbucks, Starbucks is just going to have to pay it, or, or you know wait till it it expires, or you know just uh, because there's no no reciprocity. So th- these are things that's happening now. And if we go total decentralized, which I think personally is, is where as a species we need to go, we need to be able to have uh, everybody the opportunity to have the, the power that decentralization gives you. But there's also this, this as I think Kit said about the double-edged sword is if we don't, has some sort of regulation, then you have like we have today in the NFT space with these companies coming up and rugging. And not all the time is is the companies coming up and rugging, you know, purposely. Sometimes, it, you know, we have people who get involved with a great idea, but then it, it they can't execute it. And and it's, it's some of it's, you know. I guess uh, hubris. Some of it is is not understanding the technology. Some of it is not understanding that you still got to have a real business. You got to solve a real problem. And JPEGs with with cool, cool, flashy, sparkly, um, glitter is not enough to maintain a business. So, you know this this is a, a a new era for all of us. And I'll put on mute and let you guys go on. Oh
2: no doctor to the last statement that you made um, where do you see or not where do you see how do you see about us as a human species going with full decentralization
4: all right let's 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 put on our future hat so there's there's this uh, you know the world of tomorrow so 1966 Buckminster Mr Fuller um, one of my heroes predicted electronic currency. So he predicted Bitcoin before Bitcoin was even, you know, a thought. And, and you know, th- there are futurist folks who, who put this stuff together long before we came here. And I, I laugh at some of the folks who go, oh, this is new. No, this is not new. If you look at 1940s and 50s sci-fi, a lot of this stuff, you know, comes in different ways. You either have the utopia or you had the dystopia. Reality is, it's going to be somewhere in between. And you know, you're still going to have bad people in the world. You're still going to have good people in the world. And those different forces drive people to do good. There's different forces that drive people to do bad. But in, in a, a tech type world, you know, if you look at Star Trek, and so I'm putting on my nerd hat here for a second, and you see. Uh, back in the day, when Scotty's was doing something to the Enterprise, and when he got done, he goes, "Oh, that's a new boat." So th- it was kind of indicating, you know, work was was monitored in some fashion, and payment was received in some fashion for the work that was done. So if I'm able to take value out of the words that I say, and everybody here goes, "Oh, wait, that was pretty awesome," and 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 this is being automatically captured by algorithms then if you know we participate in events then the events would uh, allow folks who who provide content who provide entertainment who provide uh, you know whatever it is to get paid automatically for that and the only way it can be done is through some sort of decentralized and electronic currency so you have those aspects of it you have the 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 you know how would for example a book how many times have you bought a book from amazon had it download to your kindle and you get down to like the third or fourth chapter and you go man this this thing sucks i wish i had well what if you only paid for what you read the author would have gotten something for their work even though it's it's terrible work uh the i was mildly entertained until chapter four Um, and then, you know, somehow through this tech technology, we're able to parse out usage. So it's kind of like, um, a car, you know, you have the, where you can rent the zip car. I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, and, and again, I apologize because stuff and things have changed so much over the years. I stopped keeping up with it. Uh, I keep up with the core of the technologies, but the names of things and how, you know, the the nuances i just i don't bother with anymore because I, I i don't find a need to keep that in my head that's what google's for um, but if you have i want you know like my truck i have a I have a truck that just uh, the battery died and i needed a car so you know zip car comes you take the zip car you use it you pay for the time that you use it not per day because i didn't use it for the whole day i only used it for x hours and if it's electric car, then I get charged for the electricity. And so we can now get to the point with these technologies to, to equal out paying for things and goods and services as we use them and not the intent. And so that's also going to create a resource sharing type environment. So not everybody needs to are. You know, in the city, that's, you know, people have public transportation. Here in the U.S., I just came from Colorado. That's so far away. Right. And and there's no way that uh you know renting a car, that's a you know, that's by prices today that I could I could, you know, pay two months with a car payment. But again, these are all the future possibilities. Voting. If I could do blockchain voting, you know, it's automatically counted. And when you get to that, you know, that that 51%, that's there's, there's your winner. It's immutable. Absolutely immutable. And, and, you know, think of that also with the policies that we have. So in the future, maybe we don't need government. Maybe we just need DAOs. And it's a community of DAOs because we're all together in this, in, in our own little world. And maybe that's exactly how we, we approach the future. So um, I'm, I'm doing an experiment now with helpenders DAO. And in that DAO, we're, you know, we're reshaping how a DAO should operate. And part of that is going to be the governance of a actual company. So now, you know, Amazon's no longer just Amazon, the company, Amazon's a DAO. And everybody who buys, trades, sells part of the Amazon is part of the DAO. So I'll, I'll pause there because I, I, I tend to just dis- to soapbox.
0: I love what you said. Um, I come from a. I'm lucky enough that I come from a kind of educated background um, when it comes to technology. My aunt and uncle raised me um, a lot of my adolescence, and they were kind of like first generation uh, web developers, uh, webmasters. Um, you know, back before Google was even really algorithmically driven, and so they kind of like showed me how the internet worked and I saw it also even, you know, before that, as a kid, I was able to, you know, play around in like 1995 and 1996. Um, you know, so I remember enough of having to like, you know, actually interact with my command prompt and, and actually have to interact in different ways, um, with the internet in ways that we aren't necessarily familiar with right now. Um, So I see a lot. Like one of the things that you, couple things that you said that really stick out. Um, One is like that this is all kind of like been done before, and two, you know how you're like really focused on DAOs evolving, and those are two things that I've kind of been saying and i guess i'm just excited to hear you say it because you know one for instance we're talking a lot about the ens and you know this was probably the first time that i realized that there's a lot of people that are excited about things and they're attributing value to blockchain because they think that it's the blockchain's the thing that's doing the thing when in reality you know these concepts have existed for decades in some cases, and it's just so much that like blockchain is the thing that's making people aware of that. So like the you know the differentiations between DNS and ENS I see as being like very similar. Like it's all, like DNS is a decentralized network of you know that does essentially the same thing, but you know in a very specialized way, and you know so seeing people get excited about ENS saying it's going to be decentralized internet like that it already is that way so i was you know more or less just wanting to comment on that and say like that was really cool that you said that the dao thing um i'm kind of at the same place with you i think that 99% of the daos that we see today are just more or less you know there's there's, There's okay. There's probably like one out of a hundred that are actually legitimately utilizing it to do something better than they otherwise could be doing. And a lot of them only exist just for the sake of saying, hey, we're a DAO. Um, I feel like as we move forward, I think that we're going to see a lot more DAOs built up that resemble like small town charters, like a town charter where there's semi-autonomous, you know, um, democracy you know, groups of people that are working together to solve problems. Um, so, I think that that's, you know, again, cool that that's, you know, similar to where you kind of see it. So, my question for you then is like, do you really see much of what's happening in Web3 as like a difference of technology, like a, like a divergent path of technology, or more or less like the evolution of, or of all of the technology that we've been building, like the culmination of those technologies coming together?
4: It is actually a, a fairly interesting question. Uh, so, so the thing is, uh, 1979, uh, DARPA started this thing called the Internet. And um, I actually have a friend of mine who was on that team. And, and so part of that is that was exciting for them because they can transfer, you know, like a fax machine, but you know, zeros and ones. Across a, a closed line, and so that was the beginning of of these technologies. And there's still core things that were done then that are still needed now. Um, and, and so over the years, you know, it, it's funny you said that to your your grandparents. I must be old enough to be your grandfather because um, aunt uncle, aunt and uncle. Oh, oh, sorry, because I did. Uh, well, I still may be old enough to be a grandfather. Um, uh, my my, uh, you know, I. Was a a COBOL programmer on mainframe back in the day. My first job was was doing EEPROM programming, programming chipsets. So that's you know programming gateways into chips. And, and so this is each evolution of technology has made the next step a little bit easier for other folks. But what I find is people don't realize where technology comes from and the root things behind it. You know, it just works this way, but there's a reason it works this way, and part of it is is from the the, the standards there is for the communication. Part of it is from the the built up from the you know the the uh, how we did ASCII and you know all this comes to together. So it all started with with the the Turing machine and how you know this all this this stuff uh, accumulated. But you're seeing it build over and over and over, and it's it's becoming more user-friendly. So this is part of it. Technology is becoming abstracted away from the user. I'm talking to you on the phone in my hand that back in um, 1983, I had this thing called Merlin, which was a game, or 82... Anyway, as a game that had certain buttons that you hit on it and had like, night. yeah, that's funny, kid. <laughs> I'm telling you my age. But you, you play Tic-Tac-Toe, you play Battleship, you played a race car game, but it's all LED lights. And, and and those were, you know, basically just zeros or ones going through gateways. But now you have an FPGA that, that can do amazing things that, that we never perceived that could happen. So, the technologies are becoming easier for people to use one because they're exposed to more technologies. Um, You know, my, my granddaughter was born with a, a, uh, you know, a smartphone in her hand and she knows how to, I don't know how to Twitter folks, as you probably already guessed. I try to Twitter. I I try to be funny. Um, I try to engage people. Um, I'm not pretty. I've got a lot of knowledge, but it's, you know, apparently that's not enough, and, and so I try to engage people this way. Uh, and now and then I, I run into a few folks, and and then we end up, you know, in IRL. So he, so I'm a gamer from back in the day, so I'm able to to communicate with a lot of the younger kids. And I and, and I apologize, kids, but you know my 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 son is 37. So uh, again, being in technology this long, you see the iteration. From where we were, where we are, and I kind of, you know, where we're going is kind of difficult to see past, you know, three to five years. But reality is, as we abstract technology away from end users, they become more uh, super users of the technology, but they still lack the understanding how the zeros and ones go through the systems and how it goes through the memory, through, through the the CPU, across the bus, out the onto the webs and and then how it works on the webs becomes a mystery. And each one of these become, um, adds a complexity to along the way. So the more complex your system is, the less that humans can understand it. So complexity is is gonna be one of the keys if we're able to manage the complexity, but then again, when our robot overlords take over and I get my robot body, all that's gonna change anyway.
0: I love that. So you pretty much just described like Apple's product strategy from though as, as far as I'm concerned, because um, I feel like that's the thing, you know, when you look at Apple users versus your average PC user, the average Apple user wants to do all the things, but they don't want to have to deal with all of the stuff. And a lot of times with PC users or Linux users, it's the exact opposite. They want to do all, you know, they want to tinker around with the stuff and they still want to do the things, but they want the ability to tinker with the stuff more. And yeah, so, um, okay. So before Squeeze asked a question, I got one more, one more question. You, it's, it's ironic that you brought up, you know, DARPA and the origin of the internet. Um, d- did you by chance get a chance to look at the, uh, trail of bitch report that, commissioned by darpa and released just a few months ago um and it was outlining the state of uh centralization within distributed ledgers and more specifically the likelihood um that there are more or less just like the the, the east of and how likely they are to be compromised by different types of centralization
4: so i did not see it but i already knew that that was a problem because of dr doug wood and dr doug wood is probably the smartest particle physicist I've ever met. He knows more Nobel laureates, at, you know, as personal friends than anybody I've ever known. This uh, is a, a, a picture of young Dr. Wood. And by the way, he showed up to work one day with two different shoes on. He'd never had a clean shirt, always had stains all over it and his hair is just like crazy. So it was a picture of young Dr. Wood with old Albert Einstein at the at the um, you know particle physical labs at Stanford, and the thing is, um, back in the '60s when Stanford was doing some experiments, and all of the uh, California lost power through some something that happened. Uh, it was a mistake that Dr. Wood made that took out the power. Um, so so. He is the one that taught me about complexity. That's why my PhD is in, you know, it's in computer science, but it's all on complexity and the complexity of of decentralization versus centralization. So the the thing is, if I want to buy something, some crypto, I have to go through a right now i go through coinbase or one of my other wallets or uh, i got rid of coinbase i forgot a, a q coin and Binance. that's who i use now and, and and so that's still centralized so the first thing i do is i take that off any of the coins that i have and i move it over i have my ledger so i have a hot wallet i have a warm wallet and then i have my cold wallet and so i keep my my high value items on my cold wallet um and then, you know, my warm wallet is I never give anybody that address to stuff that I keep some of my NFTs that are doing uh, like staking and other things on it. But um, most of my assets, that as soon as I, get, I can, I get them from out of the, unless I haven't staked, I get them moved off of these centralized places and onto my cold wallet. As, as, as soon as I can. So I didn't see DARPA, but I also see this as a problem and that the compromise uh, is very well possible. And if you look at my um, LinkedIn profile, what you don't see is before me working for the FDA. I was the chief data architect at the NSA. So, wow. uh, so it's not, uh, it's not really, um, it's not really new news. That's cra-
0: Okay, so just to, um, just to cover it for anybody that's interested in it, too. Um, right.
1: uh, what's up? Uh, do you mind if I go ahead and pin your LinkedIn profile up on the top of the space? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, Dennis. Sorry.
4: It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's been clean. So just to let you know, it's been clean. So all you see is my last job and my Army Reserve. Um, so my Army Reserve, I work for uh, military intelligence, uh, but I'm retired, so that's done and over. So I, I brought cyber operations, so um, the offensive cyber operations into operations. So I help uh, young cyber warriors learn how to attack systems. So again, that's I, I'm no longer doing that. I'm 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 retired from that.
0: Yeah, on a recorded space, I got you. No longer doing that. Heard? Check. Wink, wink. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so, long story short, like I, I find it really ironic, and not even it's not even coincidental, and it's not even ironic; it's to be expected. Um, so, DARPA commissioned Trail of Bits to do a nine-month report or nine-month analysis of how likely it is really that you know um, decentralized networks, distributed ledgers, can succumb to um, like the existential threats of centralization, and to like kind of identify them. And they pretty much laid out that there's about six or seven different existentially threatening, unique, um, or, or rather unique existential threats for these, you know, blockchains, and it's everything from you know software centralization, networks, um, you know, too many people staking, um, trusting, you know, just the nature of you having to trust the developers at the core themselves. Um, So, uh, you know, um, regional centralization, you know, you can have a bunch of of farms within the same county or the same state or the same country. And if regulatory um, things change, you know, there, then that can affect, you know, the network. Uh, even though the network is still decentralized. And that's where a lot of people think, like, oh, you know, like just running nodes and they're just as long as it's not all on the same computer or on the same server. But that's where one trailer bits concluded that, yeah, there's like six or seven different unique types. And furthermore, there's like, they've like a bunch is just an array of like what that actually means. Um and then they also went into like twelve key and and there's a whole bunch. Like sixty percent of Bitcoin's traffic goes through three ISPs. Um it's you know there's sixty percent of Ethereum smart contracts are ninety percent similar. Um it's just like all of these things like top down from you know, and it affected, or it was rather um, exacerbated by the different types of you know theoretical centralization. And um, it's really interesting because just the other day, uh, the SEC and the FBI, I guess, announced that they're you know um, suing that one guy that did the the thing up in Canada in 2018. I forgot his name, but you know, he's just um, he had a, a regulatory misstep. He had an ICO that he didn't register properly, and just a bunch of other stuff, um, bunch of shit. Anyway, he, um, they, the government said in the middle of their report that because they're all, they're saying that the Ethereum network is within their jurisdiction because a majority of the transactions that occur within Ethereum's network take place within um, and are transacted within the United States using United States servers. So it's almost like they literally three months after the report comes out, they're already essentially using it as precedent. And it's the very same people that helped create the internet that commissioned this project or this report to be done.
4: Don't forget the nation states. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Would you like me to, um, I, I can find it and I can pin it up top, but I could send it to you too if you're interested in reading it, because I'm sure.
4: Oh, absolutely. I always, you know, I, I'm, I'm a prolific reader. I, I read way too much. Um, but no, those those type of things are, are kind of what what's to come. So the government is losing control through decentralization. They do not want to lose control. Um, and I, I understand, too, because they, uh, their job is to protect and provide for their citizens, but I see so many of the people that I work with don't even know that that's their mission. Mm-hmm. Right? So if I go, like when I went to, uh, I have friends at NASA when they, and back in the 60s, I, what, what's NASA's mission? No matter who you ask, they said, put a man on the moon. You ask the secretaries at the front, men on the moon. You ask the janitors, men on the moon. You ask the groundskeepers, men on the moon. So all of those folks, that was their message that they said. If I go to my agency today and, and say, what is our me- what is our, our mission? Ask 20 people, I'll get 20 different answers because they're not focused. And, and so the government, uh, in the and I'm only speaking for knowledge in the U.S. government. Not, uh, um, the ones I met in other countries, they seem to be pretty much the same, but I, I don't have enough experience to say that's the case. But we have people. Who, who really work hard to protect and provide for the citizens. However, there are other people who are busy trying to do something other than protect and provide. And it's not nefarious, it's just incompetence. Uh, you know, you hear government, oh, the, the deep state secret, I think that's the funniest thing I ever heard in my life is the deep state secret thing that they have agendas. They're not smart enough to have an agenda. I'm in meetings with these people who are supposed to have agendas. And I'm like, their only agenda is to have a meeting, to talk about stuff they don't know what they're talking about, and then make a ruling on something they just have no idea what they just want in the first place. So, uh, you know, it's, it's – and by the way, um, as, as a citizen, you're not that important. We don't, you know, we don't care that your name is Fred and, and you work at the, uh, you know, the Quarry and you have a wife named Wilma. We can care less. You know, you know, IRS, they, they, they're out to get you. No, they don't care. You, you pay your taxes, you put your paperwork in, and for the most part, they're okay. Um, are they incompetent as a bureaucracy? Absolutely. 2019, they're coming after me now for 2019 taxes. I had to go, here's my tax report. I sent this to you. Here's the check I sent you. Um, well, you need to pay your taxes. I'm like, you've already taken the money out of my account. What are we talking about? So again... I'm not that important. They don't really care about me. It's just some bean counter just click the wrong button and, and sent something to somebody somewhere else to the wrong account. So you know, there's nothing really nefarious in general. Now that's government bureaucracies. That's our, our bureaucrats. Elected officials a whole different animal. Those are incompetent people that that are not competent. They're just they have agendas of whatever they're they want to put on. We have to protect our, ourselves from those folks too so as a as a citizen and the future of technology being a technocrat eliminates the need for these these politicians and if we can get rid of the politicians and, and, and let's let's go a little step further across the world i've been to russia i've been to north korea i've been to indonesia i've been to denmark i've been to you know well several countries in the middle east and in general most people are, are good people they they you know when i was in russia you know i partied with uh, some, you know some russian dudes and it was you know we had a great time and and they didn't care about this country that country same way with with china i have friends in china but they you know they they really don't care about the the nonsense our governments are doing so once tech you know, becoming a technocrat using this this decentralization, true decentralization, not decentralization, decentralization. We have going on now. You know, that's that's going to be something that's going to be a, a new world for all of us. And unfortunately, um, in the next twenty years, we're going to be moving towards that. And there's going to be growing pains. It may or may not be um, a gentle roll into the future. I hope it is, but you know, the governments want to. Hold on to the power for as long as they can, but reality is we don't really need them anymore. That we have these, you know. Let me let me qualify that statement. We need them to protect and provide, but not in the manner that they do today. Um, just like you know, this the wild west, the cryptocurrency. Yes, we need some sort of regulations, just like you do with any other finance, because you have people who are rug and purposely. You have people who are doing ICOs with no intention of delivering a product. There's this one cat, I forgot his name, started like three different companies doing ICO for each one and then walked away with the money each and every time. And But that's also, you know, investor beware. Do your homework. This is like, uh, you know, have people buying NFTs, just, you know, you, you hear the the shilling and the, and the you know, influencers. And, and the thing is, I look at the product. What is, what is the problem they're trying to solve, why it's important, and how they propose to solve it? And then I look at the, the people who are running the project. If, if I'm sorry to say, you know, if it's 20-year-old kids and, and they've not really done anything in the past, I'm not going to invest. I've never been rugged, knock on wood. But uh, again, to be an investor in the space, you have to study the space. You have to understand what this is. You have to understand the decentralization and 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 the future is going to be awesome. I just you know, I was born too early, but then again, if I wasn't born this early, I probably wouldn't have the understanding of the technology I have today. So, robot body, waiting for that. So whenever that comes, I'll be uh, I'll I'll go in the future with that.
0: I think you I think you're born at the right time because I was uh I was I feel like I was born just a little bit too uh late because I, I was like what really sucked for me was being, you know, cognizant of the impact that the internet was having in two thousand and one and nineteen ninety nine and even you know, even further back, like like I say a lot, I was I was helping my mom download shit off of Napster and like I was already at a very young age, you know, eight, nine years old, like like already very familiar with it to the point where like, I was that little techie kid that was helping everybody with their AOL and with, you know, removing viruses and toolbars from their browser and explaining to grandma what email was. So, like, you know, not, I was like a fucking eight-year-old when that shit was happening. So, like, looking back and I see, like, all the shit that happened, I'm like, damn, like, it was really opportunistic, you know, it, like, just hella opportunistic. Um, but yeah, I see, so I think, like, you, you know, you guys are, you and Kit, you know, you guys come from that era where, like, you understand, like... The core concepts, and I think that that's really important because you know there's so many people, like you said, that are running shit, that are running projects that don't understand inherently like those that they're saying. Like, they they say them in the right order, but I don't think it's because that they came up with those thoughts themselves. And you know, like they that's actually why like I run spaces myself and Cat have a space on Tuesday where we interview. Um, projects in web3 and we talk to like the founders like cto and we more or less try to talk to like projects that are actually building some type of protocol structure or product to offer in general that's more than just like an nft or cryptocurrency um and you know our goal is to kind of like ask questions and get people to do more than just run off of that marketing you know like plan that they have and the little bullet points that they've put down for the things that they want to talk about like. And it's it really shows like there's been plenty of people that we've talked to that's just kind of like, OK, it's fun talking to you. We're never going to talk to you again. We're probably never going to see you again. But there other people that we've come back and talked to. And, you know, they're big companies and they're growing. They're actually solving fucking problems. And so to get to the point, like, I think that where you guys are at is really dope because you guys can see it's like the fundamentals of how this shit works. I've been in so many cryptocurrency, you know, like alpha groups and chats where I'm just like, my friends put me in there and I just sit there and like, look at the posts and stuff. And, you know, I've even asked questions. Like I remember back in 2017, I was asking my friends, like, why do you, why do you like that? Why are you investing in that thing? And they'd be like, well, cause you know, that's what everybody else said to invest in essentially. Like they literally are like, that's their justification. And it's like, yeah, but like What's your fundamental behind it? Like, just like with stocks, you should be analyzing like the the business, like the cash flow and who's running it and all this shit. Like it's not just a matter of like analysis. Like you have to know fundamentally, is it healthy? Is it not healthy, et cetera? And you know, they'd be like dead ass, like, oh. There's no fundamentals to crypto, it's all social based. It's all just pump and dumps. It's like one like I can't believe that you're openly admitting that you just participate in pump and dump behavior just for the sake of it because you know that's pretty shitty. Um but two, it's scary because those people represent like a lot of market share. And when you talk to them, they like to use the word decentralization. They like to call themselves maxies because, like, that makes them feel good, and that's what their other homies talk about. And they all have, like, you know, the same pictures of the same apes. They're all in the same crew, and that's fine. Like, there's there's plenty of smart people in there, but so many of them just more or less are passing the same buzzwords around, and they're in it purely for trading, and they are more or less just like. I, like they're they're they have their spread so wide and so far that they they hit on stuff and they've just kind of like made that their MO for like the last 5 years and and I think that those people there's there's a lot more um skill there's a lot more um opportunity that lies beyond that and it just really sucks. And so, yeah, more or less, you guys are at that point where you understand the fundamentals that most people in the space that are going to try to show you their dumb project don't even know the like meaning of the things themselves. We've literally talked to CEOs before that didn't understand the core concept of the product that they were trying to pitch us. We really got down to like the core of like, okay, so like, how does that work though? They're like, ah, oh, well, you know, ah. Sh- uh. <laughs> 17 year old civilization C- that's how it yeah works. exactly yeah like the 17 year old knows how it works he's the cto he's a genius and it's like okay yeah. that's that's great like whatever i don't you know what i mean it's just like and the, yeah so you guys um congratulations for being born when you were um, you know it's got to be exciting and i like that you said also fuck like you don't even care anymore about like the technology because it's more or less like you see it's gonna happen no matter what. So it doesn't matter what the name is or what the call it or what color it is or if you could see through it. Like it's just that evolution. And it seems like you kind of answered that question. Like you see this as being like a culmination of the technologies together. And this is more or less like an evolution of what you guys have already been building up over the last 40 years or so.
4: Well, the the, the thing I would add to that too is is that you know. I I've been blessed and cursed with with being that that kid that no one understood but I'm also, you know, that that kid that that understood a lot of things that no one else could could grasp. So it's kind of that that spot that you know the proverbial nerd gamer kid and and to be that from the 60s that's even, you know, I, you know, that's even probably worse because now it's more acceptable to be, to be that guy or that girl. Um, so as I retire from the army this year and from federal service next year, I, I've, you know, these, these different companies have been bringing me on as advisors and, and, and onto the their different boards that they have. And so right now, I'm on six different boards. Um, uh, I've, those two other boards that want to come on to help shape their product—they're—they're they're trying to offer what they have to offer. Um, and, and so, you know, there's there's opportunity right now for people with this knowledge, and understanding to help build that future. Um, but again, you said that uh, the pump and dumps; those are illegal. These, you know, those are spongy schemes. And as soon as the federal government figures this out, yeah, uh, the records are in ledgers. Yeah, think, yeah, think about absolutely. that. Uh, Squeeze, I can't tell your last name. You had your hand up a long time ago. I'm I'm sorry. Did you have a question, or did I, Did we ramble on so much? You forgot. Um,
2: I probably do have a question, but I'm just I'm just enthralled in what you're saying and your guys's discussion because. I don't come across this discussions like this more. Uh, I don't come across discussions like this often. Let alone a person like yourself with your experience and your knowledge. Um,
4: learning today that DARPA created the internet. Um, do, you, I, do you want a copy of the first um, network map that was ever made?
1: I want oh it.
4: Oh my gosh! Yes. I should make that an NFT, shouldn't I? You should. You absolutely
1: <laughs> should. <laughs> a coke, but uh, doctor, uh, like the the one thing I'm not sure if you can relate or not, or maybe you're just so you have more life experience than I do. But I get so flustered with um, you know, trying to learn the new verbiage or what's you know it's the same thing, but people keep calling it different names and get a little um sideways when i'm like reading through like uh, reddit or uh telegram or discords you know in group chats because i'm i'm lost in the sauce i mean uh you
4: have, to, you have it, but- <laughs> i i, have, I have to google that shit you you <laughs> asked me if it's okay to dox myself i'm like what the hell is dox and so so the thing is um i for the longest time i i, I don't discord i don't telegram i don't uh, you know i i didn't even twitter the only reason it's i can also yeah, i got on this because my one of the boards i'm on said we need people to know that you're a real guy and then you need to go out there and talk to people because they need to know that you know you know this stuff and you're on our board so go go join twitter so I, I've got twitter I've got an instagram i've got a facebook and and I, you know i did social media when it first came out um so i was on tripod I don't know if you guys know that one and and Friendster, that was that was the first ones before, as before MySpace, um, and and we know what MySpace turned into, uh, nothing. So so, you know, <laughs> it's
0: owned by Yahoo now I think, and it's just floundering.
4: Well, it is. so here's the thing: I first got on the the, and I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see me, on a product called CompuServe. And it was a, a, a 400-baud modem that's tied to my Heath kit. So uh, do you guys know what a Heath kit is?
0: I, I have no idea. I would love to know, though. Uh,
4: I'll take a picture of it. I still have it. It's the first computer I ever got. I built it. So it's a kit. Zenith bought it. Oh, that uh,
0: I, like, like a, okay, like an RC kit, but like a computer.
4: Yes.
1: Remember the TVs that had the huge, huge, like, bubbled? it was like a half sphere that was in a containment ship? Like, everything was bulky, and it was, it was like, it was like the first, comp. I don't know, compact computer that was like, <laughs> Oh, this is
4: pretty compact, way pretty compact. I'm going to my basement to take a picture of it for you guys.
2: That's awesome. See, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you brought him, Kit. I,
1: I'm so happy that he figured out how to get in here and you know being um, just uh, cognizant of your time and everything. Uh, doctor, did you I knew you had another space and I appreciate that you're hanging out in here.
4: Oh oh, it got canceled because Apple fucked up our, our delivery of our, our app. So we had to go back to the, the, So the team's doing some emergency work. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, so you could thank Apple for me being here.
1: Okay, well, thanks are <laughs> with not testing out their stinking stuff. <laughs> but... All
4: right, so I'm I'm getting ready to post this on Twitter now. So, what I have is two pictures. One picture is the Heathkit, and the other picture is my Atari 800 uh, guts because I'm I'm refurbishing an Atari 800. This is what I do for fun.
2: That's badass. That's fun. I would, that, that does sound like fun.
1: So, is it looking like a giant amp, like with the oh. with the um like vacuum tubes attached to it? I'm trying to see which model you had.
4: Oh, for for the uh, Heath kit.
1: Yeah.
4: Oh, it, it's got huge vacuums, but it's a it's a big. Uh, how do I do a picture here? Big, oh, I do a post. Uh, I'm yep. going, I'm going to do a tweet. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tag you kit. Let's see, that's an ampersand. Uh kit k. See again, there we go. That's going to you. And here comes the picture. You have the Heath Kit, which is the first one. And this is my lab downstairs, so it's kind of like messy. Post it up on the JumboTron kit. I,
1: I'm working on it. I gotta find it through the messages.
4: Yeah, and I'm terrible at this stuff, so I apologize for my... And then the next thing is coming is the Atari. And that's the, uh, again, the, the 800 that's all in parts. And I do have a, a uh, right next to it, you'll see cartridge. A cartridge. I'm actually trying to program my a game that I'm doing, my NFT game, onto a cartridge too. Oh, you're doing an NFT game? Oh, yeah. Oh, man! That's awesome. Um, it's actually a real card game that I have the physical cards. If you go to my profile, you see versus affected. So I have all that together. And now, yeah, now I'm trying to move it over. so i I built a uh, you know we're building it into a wallet functionality so the game is by bringing your wallet in you you stand up your game wallet and you suck in all your nfts for the game and then it randomly spins them up and you you play players online or you know you buy the first uh nft you're going to get a, a builder's box of all the physical cards nice
2: that is that oh, that's awesome
0: wow by away. is is there anything else
2: that you (laughs) want what else are you working on oh man I feel like I could sit down with you and ask questions ask you questions all day
4: well I I appreciate that Um, I'm I'm glad somebody thinks I'm that interesting
1: (laughs) you are interesting but I also want to let everybody know that as much as I enjoy the space I did have other plans I'm I had the space originally on Thursdays um, for a one hour segments, max one and a half hours. And I love the organic conversations as it continues on. I'm not gonna keep interrupting, but just a constant of the uh, you know in real life situation that's going on as myself as a host, uh, just giving a warning.
4: So yeah, kids kicking us off kicking us out of the club. So uh-huh. it's cl- it's closing time. Yeah, cool. you don't have that to go home is. but you can't stay here
1: so, oh shit. You. you guys i'm loving this because now now the uh the content has switched over to just us having fun and i'm loving it yeah that's
0: the that's it dog um i went ahead and took your post and if you look down on the bottom you see that conversation thing um you can see that will take you if you click on that it'll take you to the thread the of the comments um for the post and so um kit went ahead and put your uh linkedin there i went ahead and put that darpa report in there um and i went ahead and posted your picture as well so that way we can see this after the space closes sweet Woo-hoo. dude it was awesome talking to you um and i enjoyed the conversation kit thanks for telling me that i can um, how I can start to get my DNS and ENS connected together to resolve um, ENS to DNS. Uh, that's really cool. And I'm going to fuck with that. And um, yeah, thanks for hosting the space.
1: What do you use currently for your DNS?
0: Oh, right now, because um, of the way that it... Because um, class sometimes is an ass. Um, and the way I used to do a lot of, like, subdomain hosting for myself, like when I was building sites for clients and stuff. Um, and that just became like a really bloated way of, of doing it. So I stopped doing that. Um, but because of that, I started using my, the same site that I go with hosting as my, um, uh, not as my registrar, but just as my uh, DNS name server, um, host. So they manage my records, um, and it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty seamless because like it makes it to where I could do like one-click stuff, like like uh, you know, link you know my staging environments together, or um, to, like create wildcard um, certificates and stuff like that for my different subdomains and whatnot. Um, so if I go through Cloudflare, it's just a little bit more work, but I prefer doing it because there's a lot of stuff that I can't actually do, and it's either that or go through Google, which is who I prefer to use as my registrar because it's just. Well- easy and accessible
1: they are accessible because you don't have to over the you know working off of the google analytics because it's straight off of google but um, the one thing i wanted to give you because I, I was asking because i could help you but i did. i'm gonna switch i'm gonna start all over change my cna back reset all that and then i'm gonna port over my actual dns register to probably cloudflare and i'm gonna start all over to switch it over to the ens address um, the one thing that I did know is like not all registrars with the advanced settings have the availability for modern encryption and for the purpose of the space and recordings for people should know is that the algorithm of a DNS is uh, the modern encryption is the ALGO 13. Um, <clears throat> if your registrar does not comply to the algorithm, then always file a complaint with ICANN. Uh, if you If it's not the registrar, but it is a um, top-level domain name, then make sure, and if it is an issue with the domain itself, and it doesn't support it, contact top-level domain systems uh, just to file a complaint so they can correct it.
0: Yeah, that's a bing bong. That's good to know. I don't think I've ever had to deal with that, but um, that's that's good to know because I'm sure there's plenty of, of shady registrars out there that don't comply and are just making quick bucks. Probably not that hard to like become, you know, become one is if you just file the right paperwork and pay the money and shit.
1: Yeah. This is back to our previous conversation was like, you have people that sit on domain names and so forth and they, on the very low level become licensed for uh domain brokerage but they don't go through all the red tape that's required so then you have to file complaints over them
0: oh shit so that's how like there's okay so that's like the fine line between like being a registrar and being somebody who can manage domains Yep. Yeah. wow okay yeah that makes sense okay yeah no i'm pretty happy with my stack With, you know, like I like my server, um, you know, for what I do with my WordPress sites and stuff. If I was building single page applications or custom, you know, apps for clients, um, I I would not use SiteGround um, for that. Um, But because everything that I do is WordPress related, um, and I'm fine with that, uh, SiteGround's really dope. And it's just yeah, like I said, I'd rather either run my DNS through Google or Cloudflare at this point, just because one, you can't do the DNS SEC, how do you, the DNS SEC, you can't, <laughs> uh, you can't enable that with Cloudflare, and um, I don't know why. I don't know if that's just because of a global thing or because they just suck. Well, um, that's but hard. that's. Yeah. That's just why I'm like, fuck that. Like that, that's enough where I like, I want to be able to enable that because especially in the crypto space, you know, you're dealing, it doesn't matter who you are. Like people are going to try to attack you and then you're either going to be the victim or be a vector. And, um, that's where like, you know, being able, especially with me managing as many sites as I do and being open about it and stuff like and making content about this shit, you know, like and showing other people how to do it. Um, I think it's really important to be able to like, you know, manage that hundred percent.
1: Okay. Well, Doctor, thank you for your time. Dennis, thank you for your time. Squeeze, thank you so much. And all the people that came. Um, I appreciate
0: Infinite. My guy down there, don't forget Infinite. Infinite. He's down there.
1: Cooper. Coming in and listening on the last portion of it to recap and catch the recording. Go ahead after this ends. After ten minutes, it should compile and you should be able to catch the whole thing. Uh, any closing thoughts?
4: I loved it. Thanks, Doc. I appreciate you inviting me. It was awesome.
1: Thank you. Was this your first actual space speaking?
4: Uh, I've been invited to a couple, I've been interviewed, it's usually like an interview and then they do something else or a Zoom interview, but this is like a first like real, you know, I I did coffee and crypto a couple of times because um, I was working with a couple of those folks. Um, But this is like the first time that randomly somebody on the, on the, the Twitter goes, hey, would you come into my space? So thank you.
0: Very cool. Did you like it?
4: I I did. I think um, you know, my my you know, the the companies that I'm representing want me to to do stuff like this more often. I just I just don't have the time. I'm I'm busy building stuff.
0: I love that you said that. Okay. Hey, can you like add me? And I want to like just chit chat with you. Well,
4: I, I I did. I think I've uh, you sent me a, a, a friend, or you followed me. Then I followed everybody back. who oh, followed me.
0: Bam, we'll yeah. get you go okay, cool. Yeah, no, um yeah, I'd love to just chit chat with you about the content side of stuff because that's kind of what I do is I, I'm really focused on kind of maximizing the amount of content that gets created and especially understanding people like you and kit have shit to do, you know, it's all about maximizing the energy that you're already gonna be putting into it and then figuring out to maximize that output. And um so I have like a little platform and a little community, a little network where we kind of create content and I think that Um, you know, maybe that we could talk to you in some other way or help you out in some way. And it's just, it was just really cool to talk to you in general. And I'm glad we could connect and thank you again, Kit.
1: No, thank you all. And Dennis is going to make you a star and I hope you have a great rest of your night. Thank you again for your time. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye y'all. Good night.